in a game that was largely defined by an unfortunate injury to Nathan McKinnon, the Boston Bruins were this close to defeating one of the best, if not the best team in the National Hockey League on Wednesday night. Instead, they lost in overtime to the Colorado Avalanche. Going to talk about the game, award the Big Bear of the night, and of course break down the Taylor Hall on Nathan McKinnon hit and the ensuing fallout on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Thursday, January 27th, and I hope those of you who stayed up to watch last night's game are getting enough coffee to get going this morning. Full disclosure, I fell asleep, but I did catch it this morning so i am fully on board and up to date with what happened last night well maybe not on board is the right thing to say but up to date for sure Uh, before we get into it a quick reminder or a quick thank you for making locked on boston bruins your first listen every day the podcast is free and available on all platforms uh, for you to download listen and enjoy at your leisure so please pop that subscribe button right now You can also jump over to YouTube and catch the video feed on the Locked on Bruins channel. And uh, if you're on Twitter, Instagram, the podcast is Locked NHL Bruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. Now, let's start with the incident that kind of defined the flow of this hockey game. It occurred in the first period. And... It was a hit by Taylor Hall on Nathan McKinnon that removed McKinnon from the game, gave Hall a two-minute penalty for interference after it was initially called a major, and riled up the abs to the point where they put the result in danger and gave the Bruins a distinct advantage by chasing Taylor Hall. Now, the incident occurred in the first period. It was a tad late, but it was a clean hit. The injury occurred as a result of Nathan McKinnon's stick getting in between Hall and McKinnon and catching him, the nose, the face, and resulting in an unsettling amount of blood coming out onto the ice. Um... Initially, it was ruled a major penalty on the ice. The officials reviewed it. Probably not even a penalty, to be honest. It was perhaps a tad late, but the hit itself was clean. You can't go from a major to no penalty. Therefore, they ruled it a two-minute minor for interference. Uh, This occurred less than two minutes into the game. And, um, you know the Avalanche were clearly and understandably upset because 
McKinnon was removed from the game. Uh, Jared Bednar, head coach, said he didn't love the hit. Uh, whether it's really solid or just a glancing blow, it's the type of hit the league is trying to get rid of, and that would be kind of those late uh, hits, it's borderline late hits that are a touch high. Um, both Jared Bednar and Avalanche captain Gabriel Landeskog said they were okay with the decision to downgrade the penalty to a minor, um, but they all... Well, not all of them, but Hall was certainly a target throughout the rest of the night. Uh, Curtis McDermott, who scored the game opening goal, gave Hall a couple nudges during the first period. Uh, Landis God gave him a good bump near the Bruins bench in the second, trying to force him into a fight. Uh, he wanted to settle the score and move on, but Hall refused to drop the gloves. And rightly so. There's no reason for him to have to fight. It was a clean hit. Uh, even Landeskog admitted that. He said the hit in itself looked at it in intermission. Don't think it's that bad. But at the end of the day, when one of your best friends and teammates and ultimately your best player gets hit like that in the neutral zone, you've just got to make sure that next time anybody thinks about doing that, they're going to pay a price. Just very stupid hockey code stuff. I saw on Twitter this morning, the TV studio anchor for the Avalanche, uh, his name's Kyle Keefe, he tweeted last night, for the record, I don't care if the hit on McKinnon was clean or dirty, a minor or a major penalty, you crush the superstar, cut him, and he's out. Again, it was McKinnon's own stick that cut him. You're still out there skating, you absolutely should expect a response, either tonight or down the road. Again, just stupid hockey code stuff uh hall served the penalty it was mckinnon's stick that caused the damage not the hit itself to the bruins advantage colorado's chasing of hall uh, put them up in the third period uh it was uh who was it one of the johnsons eric johnson uh the score tied 1-1 in the second period. He cross-checked Hall multiple times, got away with it the first few times. The fourth cross-check, uh, he was called on it, and the Bruins were awarded more than a minute of five-on-three power play time. Um, Landeskog said Johnson was just trying to play him hard, but at the end of the day, he takes a penalty. The McKinnon injury puts you in shock when you see a guy bleeding that much at center ice. It puts them all in a state where you're not necessarily all there to play a hockey game after that, and they maybe spent a bit too much time on it. Uh, the Johnson penalty led to the Bruins taking a 2-1 lead. Um, the Bruins score with a man advantage to take the lead, and then Marchand scored just after things had gotten back to even strength to give the Bruins a 3-1 lead. Uh, usually, Jared Bednar said it's, Mistakes like that, that cost you games, as we'll see here in the third or yeah, in the third period, they were able uh, to tie it up and come back. Um, the desperation level went up. Landeskog said they felt they handed the Bruins three goals. They felt like if they kept playing five on five and pushing and staying on the attack, 
that they would have taken it. Again, uh, Jake DeBrus got things going for the Bruins, 7-10 of the second period, and then Coyle with the power play goal on the two-man advantage. Brad Marchand scoring to give the Bruins a 3-1 lead heading into the third period. Um, were it not for those penalties taken by Johnson, then it could have been a different story heading into the third period. Um, and as we'll see, it was, you know, very much tilted the other way in the third period to Colorado's advantage. But I just wanted to start with this hit, clean hit, interference, yeah, maybe. But the injury was caused by McKinnon's stick and the need for retribution, the need to push Taylor Hall to fight is is just silliness. There's no reason for it. Uh, and I don't blame Taylor Hall at all for not wanting to drop the gloves as a result. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. They have a new updated desktop and mobile website. To sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you so much again for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. Second listen, you should check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's a nightly roundup of all the action from around the league from our local hosts all gathered together in one handy podcast. So look up the Locked On Now NHL podcast to uh, find out what else happened around the league last night. Now with the Hall story out of the way, it's time to look at what happened in the third period. The Boston Bruins allowing the Colorado Avalanche to tie the game with 37 seconds remaining. Gabriel Landeskog scoring the tying marker to send things to overtime. And Kale McCarr ended it on the power play at 3.01 of the extra frame after uh, Mike Riley had tripped uh, Valery Nachushkin of the Colorado Avalanche. Charlie Coyle, after the game, said they're a good team for a reason. They're just not going to sit back and let us have that in the third. They expected a push. The Bruins wanted to keep playing the same way, but the Avs came hard. Things started a snowball. Uh, Linus Allmark played a fantastic game for the Boston Bruins, and Coyle said he deserved better from the Bruins in the third. He finished the night with 37 saves on 41 shots and uh, made some huge saves in the third period as the Bruins were outshot 18-7 to and then further outshot 3 nothing in the overtime frame. Um, the Bruins knew they were going to push. They got caught in the avalanche and just weren't able to lock things down. Cassidy said there was a number of things as to why they squandered the two-goal advantage in the third. The biggest thing for him was watching 
The Bruins play the whole period in their own end because they couldn't execute a breakout pass. This is where Matt Grizzlick's absence uh, was really felt as well. The Bruins continually iced it off the glass and out. You've got to keep playing hockey. They're too good. You're going to get fatigued. And sure enough, the Avs started winning some faceoffs, and the Bruins were pulling it out of their net. You can't get too cute. Got to keep playing. Pretty good at that. Usually the Bruins are. And then when you're not, you just got to play winning hockey, protect the middle of the ice. At the end of the day, the Bruins didn't get it done like they typically do in those situations, and they paid the price. Now to go into Colorado and escape with the point, is impressive. On the other hand, losing the way they did uh, when those two points against a top team were right there is certainly disappointing, but you can't hang this one on Linus Allmark. He played amazing. And, uh, you know, guys really stepped up in order to help it happen. The avalanche are just so good. It's really difficult to, to bottle them up for a whole game. You don't want to say fortunately they are distracted because it came as a result of, uh, you know, the McKinnon injury, but that really um, put them off their game. The Avalanche certainly deserve to win this one based on their play. 52-34 shot attempt advantage at five on five. High danger chances, 11 to 5, uh, 16 to 9 in all situations. They had a 60% advantage in shot attempts in all situations. Uh, Avs, clearly the better team. There's no disputing that. Uh, the Bruins had the two points, 37 seconds left. They give up the tying goal, Gabriel Landeskog, and then... Uh, Kale McCarr scores it in overtime. But, you know, when it comes to the Big Bear of the Night Award, uh, Linus Allmark did stand tall. Like I said, a 37 saves on 41 shots for a 902 save percentage. I'm going to give the Big Bear, though, to Colorado boy Brandon Carlo. Didn't record any points on the night, but he did have Three shots on goal, which is the most from all defensemen. He had two hits, six blocks in this one. Uh, and he ranked second among Bruins in ice time, 22-32, four minutes and 26 seconds shorthanded. And I thought he played a very solid game uh, for the Boston Bruins uh, last night. Uh, he didn't um, do anything to hurt the team. He didn't take any penalties. McAvoy took one very early, which put the Bruins off their game. Um, sorry, not pretty early. In the later in the first period, yeah, early enough. Tripping uh, Gabriel Landeskog, and uh, yeah, I just thought Carlo played a very strong game. The Bruins were led in shots by Brad Marchand, who scored the goal. His uh, 21st of the season. It was nice to see Jake DeBrusque get on the board uh, as well with an even strength goal. There's still the question of his yeah, trade request looming over this team. Uh, but overall, the Bruins were just kind of steamrolled by the Avalanche in the third period. Again, outshot 
21 to seven over the final 23 minutes or so, including overtime, really playing on their feet. This is where kind of score effects comes into play where the Bruins uh, holding a lead on the road. You expect the home team to come out and play, play well, pile it on. They certainly did. They dominated the third period and um yeah, the Bruins just could not hold on. Again, it's impressive to get one point from the Colorado Avalanche. A good start to the road trip, which next turns to Arizona and then Dallas. Uh, Arizona should be a very winnable game uh, tomorrow night. We'll tee that up tomorrow uh, on the podcast. But uh, as for this one, yeah, the Bruins typically able to uh, hold on to a lead. Like Bruce Cassidy said, part of it was an inability to clear the puck, make clean zone exits, and uh, that's where you miss a guy like Mike, or sorry, Matt Grizzlick, who is able to move the puck up the ice with greater efficacy, and uh, hopefully the Bruins are able to have him back in the lineup for Friday's game against the uh, against the Arizona Coyotes because they really missed him there in the third period. Uh, for sure. All right, let's uh, finish up with some news and notes from around the NHL. Uh, what is going on out there on the rumor mill? Well, the Philadelphia Flyers had a bit of a state of things address yesterday. And general manager Chuck Fletcher will be having discussions with Claude Giroux to determine whether the 34-year-old captain plans to remain with the team, whether he wants to test unrestricted free agency this summer, he does hold a full no-movement clause. And the general manager intends to leave the decision up to Giroux whether he'll waive it to accept a trade to a Stanley Cup contender. Um that's a discussion that's going to occur as early as the all-star break uh, with his agent. Now we all remember last year, Taylor Hall had a no movement clause and that was part of the reason the Bruins were able to get him for a very reasonable price. Uh, would Claude Giroux kind of help that way? Maybe Patrice Bergeron get in his ear uh, and, convince a fellow Canadian to come join the Bruins as he did with, with Nick Foligno. Uh, they kind of do have a bit of a history in terms of face-off violations. Drew concussed Bergeron way back in the day. Uh, so not sure whether there's interest on the Bruins part, but uh, could be another advantageous trade scenario for the Boston Bruins. Another guy that um, the Bruins could certainly look at is uh, JT Miller in Vancouver. Um, they have a new general manager in Patrick Alvin, who was hired from the Pittsburgh Penguins. The 28-year-old center, he leads the Canucks with 40 points, signed through next season with an annual cap hit of $5.25 million. And he would be a very very good option for the Boston Bruins down the middle as a second line center. 
Um, there's talk of uh, the New York Rangers being interested. He used to play for the Rangers, uh, the Minnesota Wild, the Calgary Flames, and the Boston Bruins, per Frank Saravelli. Um, Nick Ghost of NBC Sports Boston believes the Bruins should pursue Miller, despite the steep asking price. Uh, would it require a first-round pick? Would it require Fabian Lysel, who's already kind of comfortable in Vancouver playing for the Giants? Oh, that'd be a tough, uh, a tough ask. But we do know that Don Sweeney does like to trade for players who have term on their deal. Uh, the fact that he signed through next season is very beneficial. You could trade Jake DeBrusque plus plus and put Miller on the second line center spot, move Halla down to the third line to play with, you know, Halla coil steam perhaps could be a good line. Uh, these are some options that are emerging for the Boston Bruins. And again, I expect Don Sweeney to be very active as the uh, trade deadline approaches. I think that's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Ruins. So I didn't want to mention the Locked On um, power rankings were released yesterday. A weekly uh, ranking as voted on by all of the Locked On hosts. The Bruins up to 12th in the rankings this week. Uh, they were up from uh, the 14th spot. Uh, still behind, you know, the Panthers, Lightning, Leafs in the Atlantic division and trailing uh, in the East. Also the Canes, Rangers, Capitals, uh, Penguins. So still firmly eighth in the Eastern conference, but again, it's disappointing that they dropped last night's game to the avalanche. They still did pick up a point uh, over their last 10 games. They're seven, two and one. They have a good chance here at uh, picking up two points tomorrow night against the Arizona Coyotes. In fact, anything less than that would be uh, would be a great disappointment. And as we get deeper into 2022, the Bruins, uh, you know, still up there in terms of the best teams so far this season, 21 points in 14 games. That's second most around the NHL, second to the uh, Avs, who are 13-0-1 to start the, the new year. Point percentage, the Bruins are fifth right now in uh, 2022 with a record of 10-3-1 behind Colorado, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, and the Panthers. Tonight, I'll be uh, wrapping up the first half of Season 4 of Ozark, uh, which has been very good. And uh, yeah, I hope you're all having a great week. Thank you so much for downloading the podcast. Yesterday was a great uh, day in terms of downloads. So I very much appreciate all of you who hit that button. Please do subscribe if you haven't already. Tell a friend about the podcast and we'll be back tomorrow, uh, I believe, with a with an old friend of the podcast jumping on. Uh, no spoilers, but you are going to enjoy that, I am sure. Have a great day, friends, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day.